one. An emergency podcast. We actually somehow Greg found somebody to talk Oilers with us on a Friday night. We have Daniel Nugent Bowman from uh, maybe our sponsor, The Athletic. Daniel, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, great to be on with you. Yeah, it's uh, we we scrambled to try and find somebody who would be knowledgeable about the Oilers uh, on a Friday night and who would be available. Uh, what are we stopping you from doing? Well, uh, actually, pretty quiet day today. So, uh, well, until the trade, that is. But uh, <laughs> just kind of uh, doing some research and, and uh, getting some interviews lined up for some future stories. So uh, I was right by the computer and not not too much of, a, of an issue to hop on. So he kind of caught me at a good time, even though it was a Friday afternoon. Awesome. <laughs> I love I love when uh, I love when a plan comes together. Daniel, uh, obvious question because I, I know the answer on our end is. We did not see this coming. Was there any inclination that any trade was brewing with the Oilers over the last couple of weeks? I mean, not really. Uh, they had struggled um, before winning against Montreal. They had lost uh, four in a row. So there, there was a little bit of kind of consternation and uh, worry that uh, there needed to be some kind of shakeup. Uh, but in terms of, of trading, you look at Edmonton's roster and you really think there isn't a lot there because, I mean, you have – this one guy, uh, you've probably heard of Connor McDavid, who's basically mm. untouchable. And then, you know, <laughs> and you have some, some other guys at the top of the lineup, like Dreisaitl and, and Nugent Hopkins and whatnot, that are almost in that same vein. And then you move down the lineup and you have, you know, some guys that are overpaid, like Milan Lucic, uh, for the production he's giving. And then you have a bunch of kind of guys at the bottom of the lineup that are just kind of guys. So, you, you, I mean, there, there was some kind of, again, some you know, a discussion of, of, you know, something needed to be done to, to shake things up before they, they came out and ha- uh, handily beat Montreal. Um, but it was a matter of like what exactly they could do with, with that, that kind of uh, need to, to, to move things around. So uh, that's a long answer. It, it sounded like they, they, there, there was something that could needed to be done, but it was a matter of what, it, what could actually happen to, to, to facilitate that. It feels so like far, they're, oh, they're, go for it. Go ahead. It feels like Ryan Spooner might not be the shakeup you wanted. I heard that Torelli said that he was interested in Ryan Spooner for his speed. Now, it's not like I watched a ton of Ryan Spooner. He was benched recently for us, and also uh, we always—I only saw him the you know half of the last season. Not even. Uh, I don't think he's an incredibly fast player. Or what are your thoughts on what Torelli said about Ryan Spooner? Well. Uh, I haven't uh, had a chance to see him too much of uh, being, uh, you know, I was in Toronto before this and then um, uh, obviously out here for, uh, for this, this season. Uh, in terms of of, um, of Spooner, yeah, he does bring a bit more speed than, than Strom. Uh, now, again, like you look at their numbers, at least production-wise, and there's there's little to, to differentiate between the two. Uh, I mean, yeah, Strom obviously, though, has been, uh, put with kind of a, a player who's been an anchor at a five-on-five play in Milan Lucic and hasn't uh, done much himself offensively. So having not seen a ton of, uh, of uh, Spooner this year, uh, I mean, the numbers are the same, and it might be a situation where, like, you know, a change of scenery would be good for both players. But I really think that uh, that Strom will actually uh, kind of be the biggest beneficiary of the trade because uh, he might be able to kind of have somebody to play with more at uh, even strength that uh, would kind of suit uh, him as opposed to somebody in, in Lucic that, uh, you know, he hasn't really been able to mesh with as, as you have been with, with Lucic over the last year and a half. Yeah, that's that's the thing, uh, Daniel, that jumped out to me first and foremost. The, 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 the on-paper numbers are almost identical between Spooner and Strom, but at the same time, 
Strom has graded out pretty well in terms of underlying numbers, and that's playing with Milan Lucic. Meanwhile, Ryan Spooner got a lot of time with Kevin Hayes. And if you would ask any Ranger fan so far this season, or any Ranger insider really, they would say that Hayes has been one of, if not the best Ranger forward thus far this season. Mm -hmm. And Spooner has graded out as the worst Ranger forward, at times worse than Cody McLeod, which is an accomplishment in its own right. Um, <laughs> is there what is there something we're not we're missing with Ryan Strom? Could the underlying numbers be a bit of a red herring? Is it is it just not there for him right now? No, I mean he he you know struggled to find success uh, in, in Edmonton. Uh, uh, I mean last year wasn't you know I, I, you know I didn't cover the team uh, full time last year or, or at all really. Uh, it's my first year uh, with the Athletic here in Edmonton, but I mean the numbers aren't aren't amazing. As a, a guy who was a you know a former um, you know top five pick, uh, very high. I did watch him quite a bit in junior. You know he had a lot of uh, junior pedigree. You know two time member of Canada's World Junior Team, uh, and just aside from one year really with the Islanders, hasn't really been able to put it together offensively. But what he does have uh, here uh, is is you know some some of those defensive skills that have been kind of showing themselves in the last little while. Uh, he's a very prominent player on, on Edmonton's uh, penalty kill, which uh, does create a little bit of a problem uh, for the Oilers because uh, with him leaving and um, Tobias Reeder uh, was just announced yesterday um, that he's out for a month with an upper body injury. I mean, that, that creates a bit of a hole in, in their penalty killing. So uh, what the Rangers, I guess, will get in Strom is somebody who can um, – you know, play a bit more defensively. And I mean, those offensive numbers were there once upon a time. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a matter of, of uh, getting him in a different environment and, and seeing, um, you know, maybe if, if something can be sparked in that regard. So uh, I do see the upside in, in getting a guy like, like uh, Strom and, and moving him out to, of Edmonton and getting him to New York. Do you think the pressure of being the main return for Jordan Eberle impacted his play at all? I don't think so, only because he was never brought in there in here into Edmonton to replace uh, him from an offensive standpoint. Uh, if you look at where he slotted, he's always wasn't and it was is going was going to be the the third line center behind uh, either Nugent or sorry McDavid and Nugent Hopkins or Drysaddle, depending on how uh, um, things kind of shook out, shook out. So he wasn't brought in to, to be that that type of player. Um, so in that regard, it's kind of a, a different trade in that sense of bringing him in, bringing him in for something a little bit different. So I would say in that, in that regard, no. Do you think that the Oilers themselves maybe started this trade a little higher on the totem pole and, and asked for somewhat of a Matt Zuccarello and then sort of settled for a Ryan Spooner and they both found common ground in, in, a, in a Ryan for Ryan kind of swap? I don't. I mean, that's an interesting kind of thought or theory that, like, I I wouldn't know, but I I think it was it was kind of telling that they did uh, were able to get, um, according to Elliot Friedman, at least the uh, nine hundred thousand dollar retainer uh, or be able to retain that money from uh, Spooner's contract to to make the money even out in terms of what they were getting and giving up in the Oilers' regard. So I think that kind of shows that you know there's two players that both. Uh, one player from each team that uh, their respective management groups think kind of need a fresh start. So I, uh, you know, in that regard, I think I think it's more of a uh, kind of a lateral move and one that uh, you know I, I've I've spoken mostly to 
what the trade could do for uh, Ryan Strom in New York. But I think obviously the Oilers are, are thinking that, you know, maybe you get uh, Spooner into a different environment, allow him to probably play a prominent role in the second power play unit, uh, maybe move up and down in the lineup. I know he's played some on the wing, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, New York, uh, maybe giving him a chance with uh, some, some high profile centers and either, again, Nugent Hopkins or McDavid or Dreisaitl and, or, or, you know, work that third line center. And I think there's some different options for him and uh, that could give him maybe a jump start on, or a kickstart rather on, on his uh, career. That's, you know, obviously been uh, more downs than up so far. I will say if there's anyone on the Rangers who probably needed a fresh start, it was Spooner. He seemingly just, it, he, he's been struggling all season. I don't think you'd find anyone that will speak kindly about his game, but he just didn't really seem to have a role on the Rangers. They couldn't really figure out how to properly use him. He's a guy that needs a lot of offensive zone sheltering. Um, so it is interesting that the Oilers traded a more, I, I, I don't I don't know if I want to label Strom as a defensive minded player, but someone who's strong in his own zone to get the exact opposite kind of player. Uh, it, he's definitely an interesting piece for the Oilers. Um, I, don't, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot. I mean, he's basically a 40 point player who needs to be on the offensive zone, but it, maybe you put him with the dry sidle and he, he blossoms a little bit. I, I just, I would be worried if I was from an Oilers perspective that he couldn't make it work with Kevin Hayes at the same time, Kevin Hayes does get a lot of defensive zone starts. So maybe that plays in the Spooners game, but uh, from, from where we sit and you can 100% correct me if I'm wrong, this felt like a slam dunk trade for the Rangers in terms of turning a guy who just wasn't in their plans anymore into what seems like not a high yielding lottery ticket, but still a lottery ticket. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that's fair in the sense that, you know, you know, when, again, I, I would agree with your assessment and saying that, uh, you know, I don't think uh, Ryan Strom is, you know, Anze Kopitar or, or, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron when it comes to defensive acumen, but obviously, you know, playing third line minutes, I uh, did go up against uh, quality opponent, uh, you know, lines at times, like not, not always, you know, sometimes McClellan will put McDavid head to head with, with, uh, you know, other teams, top lines, but again, did, you know, usually one of the first uh, PKers uh, off the boards or uh, over the boards around uh, to kill penalties. So he does bring some of those, those different el- elements uh, that, you know, when the offense isn't going, which, you know, two points so far this season, it hasn't been going at all. Um, he does bring some other elements and, you know, uh, Spooner's uh, output or his production has been basically the same. And if he's not bringing some of those uh, intangibles or, or, you know, uh, he doesn't kill penalties or doing some of those things that Strom uh, is, uh, has done, then that is a bit of a problem for the Oilers. So I think they are really banking on him, turning things around offensively sooner, that is, uh, for this trade to be, you know, uh, work in their favor. Do you think the Oilers right now are, are done trading or do you think they have a few moves left in them? I think they're always open for business. They're the type of team that, uh, again, like they have obviously their, their handful of, of really core players, uh, you know, most of whom aren't, uh, uh, going anywhere for either positive or, or negative reasons. Uh, so they have very kind of few options uh, to kind of tinker with, you know, the bottom of the lineup or, uh, you know, or to bring in. I think they're really high on 
because of the salary structure of the team. Uh, obviously, McDavid's money is quite justifiable in terms of what he's produced uh, in making the salary that he does. But uh, they have a handful of guys that are, are pretty expensive and um, kind of are, are locked in. So they need to take flyers on some of these kind of guys that you see with bringing in Ty Ratty last year and hoping that would work out or, or two guys on on PT, PTOs that they signed in uh, Alex Chason who's had a you know pretty good start to the year and, and Jason Garrison on defense. So I think it's, it's uh, I wouldn't say anything would be imminent. I could be obviously wrong on that, but I think it's a matter of them always trying to keep their, uh, in Peter Shirley's case, uh, eyes and ears to the ground and, and looking for players that can maybe support uh, either the superstars up in the lineup or uh, players that can kind of complement uh, and, and fill roles in the bottom six. How long of a leash do you think Torelli has? At some point, it has to give, right? Like if the Oilers, if the Oilers continue to struggle with, I mean, you don't need me to go over his trading history. It's it's well known. At some point, something's got to give, right? Or is is he just like Garth Snow 2.0, and nobody knows why his contract is what it is, and there's no getting him out of it? No, I certainly wouldn't say that. I think I think. Uh, there's a lot of, of angst here and there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, speculative, you know, there's been reports out there that uh, um, Todd McClellan's, uh, you know, Darren Drager on TSN uh, put that out yesterday in terms of that he's safe for now. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, McClellan, his leash being short and Aaron Shirelli, I know, would be uh or would, would assume would be no different. Um, yeah, his, his trade history and hasn't been great. Obviously, uh, he's he's made a few or a handful of, of of moves that have worked out. But the biggest ones, obviously, you know, I don't need to really go over them. But the, uh, have have not <laughs> panned out and have upset the organization back a little bit. So uh, there's a. I think this is clearly a year where if they don't make the playoffs, things are are likely to be much different come you know the following fall. So um, the the leash issue and the, the kind of the slack here in Edmonton is short, and people are quite uh, annoyed by what's what's happened here over the last you know year and a bit. I think Ryan Spooner uh, will probably be more productive for you than he was for the Rangers. I can't imagine he won't be. I'm hoping Ryan Strom will be the same for us. Uh, Greg, I think I'm out of questions. How about you? I, I I think we've hit anything, Daniel. I don't know if you have anything else you you want to add on on your take on the trade. No, I think I think you kind of hit it on the, the notes there in in terms of. I think when both players are are you know have a couple or handful of points over you know the first almost quarter of the season, I don't think it can get too much worse in terms of a production standpoint, regardless of. Uh, these players are, you know, superstars or not, which, you know, in this case, obviously they're not. So I think it's a it's a fresh start for both players, and uh, at least in the Rangers' case, one worth one worth making. Uh, Edmonton, I do like again that they were able to uh, reportedly get that that kind of money to to wash and and bring in a player that uh, maybe has a little bit more offensive upside uh, than than Ryan. Uh, so uh, that's been a kind of a source of, of, of uh, frustration and, and problem here is, is getting secondary scoring. So it does kind of, uh, especially with, with Reader being out, hurt their their penalty killing. Maybe they're the defensive side of the forward group, but it might be might be a trade worth making for them. I think it's it's kind of a it's kind of a shuffle here and see how it plays out. I hope they both break out and everybody wins. Uh, before we go, why don't you plug your Twitter and some other stuff you do? Great, yeah. So I'm, I'm 
uh, working for the Athletic in Edmonton here, covering the Oilers. I'm more of a kind of a feature writer and, and working on long-term and uh, bigger picture pieces. So you can find uh, me at DNB Sports or check out the Athletic and, and go to the Oilers page. And use code word blue shirts. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> Later, Daniel. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. All good. Thank you very much for having me. Of course.